Coming up on This Week in Games, G2A takes another public flogging, Triturnian shoots itself in the foot, and Nexon, no longer for sale, makes an acquisition. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and it was an eclectic week. And you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Tuesday, um, two days late, and I have a good reason why. This weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I was in Vegas. I was taking Big John McCarthy's Command MMA Referee and MMA Judge Hybrid class. I was in class 11 hours a day. Fell asleep studying every night, um, trying to become certified to get the command certification to be an MMA referee and MMA judge. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't record this week in games, but I still did it. I got the week's news for you. I rounded it up, and here we go. Let's kick it off. G2A is getting another round of well-deserved public shaming. So, Descenders, who's an independent game publisher, their founder, Mike Ross has asked gamers to pirate the game No More Robots rather than purchase it from G2A. G2A has taken out basically ads for No More Robots, enticing gamers to search for the game on Google or other kind of like search portals to see G2A's ads before actually legitimate blue links to the digital store where you can buy the game. Now, why is this an issue? Let me refresh everyone on why G2A, G2A is kind of the scum of the game industry. So, G2A is a keys reseller, mainly focusing on Steam keys, but there's other PC digital stores, I guess. Um, so G2A takes in thousands of game keys and resells them at a steep discount. You know, at at a low shady level, you buy a humble bundle, you don't want half the games, you take the keys for that game and you sell them to G2A for like one to... I don't know, $9. G2A will sell the game for a 30 to 80% discount. And this makes kind of like buying the game at full price unpalatable when G2A is selling it at such a deep discount. And the developer doesn't really get the money for any of this kind of. Um, I mean, I guess the developer gets like $1 for the Humble Bundle sell. But it, it really looks like... You know, why go on Steam and buy a game for $20 when you go, go to G2A and buy it for $10? You know, that kind of thing. Now, on a super shady level, credit card fraud and thieves will quickly find ways to buy as many game keys as possible, kind of off of websites or other digital stores, sell them to G2A. The credit card holder will kind of call their credit card and get the charges re refuted. So the developers get no money, and then G2A gets a giant influx of cheap games and sells them. So you're a credit card thief. You get a bunch of credit cards off, like, the dark web. You go to some, like, you know, you go to, like, a game developer's website. You buy a bunch of game keys for Steam. You buy, like, 200 game keys. You go to G2A. You drop them off at, like, $5 a pop. Um, the owner of that credit card calls visa and it's like hey i didn't buy this shit visa you know goes to steam and is like he didn't buy this shit we're not paying you for it they get a full refund the developer gets none of that money because it was all refunded and g2a gets all of the keys and so that's like one of the worst you know there's a, another level to g2a shadiness in that 
hilariously, they charge a $3 a month security fee. Yes, a website that is kind of like used for credit card fraud charges charges its customers a security fee. So G2A is kind of like the lowest level of scum with GameStop reselling you know, used games and trying to get players not to buy new games. G2A takes that to another level. I mean, it's borderline just like giving credit card thieves a way to make money quickly, you know, off stolen credit cards. So Mike Ross um, started a change.com petition. G2A fired back, but who cares what they have to say anyways. Mike Ross also dropped some numbers for us. So no more robots. Remember, it's a very independent game. 226 copies were sold to G2A. 45% of those copies were by a single person. So that's, you know, pretty much 100, almost 100 copies were sold to G2A by a single person. 85% of those were sold by three individuals. So of those 226 copies, like almost all of them were sold by three individuals, likely credit card thieves. Um, Why the hell would someone have 90 copies of No More Robots, a brand new release indie game? So Mike Ross is basically like, hey, sign the change.com petition. Also, just pirate the game instead of going to G2A. We'd prefer that instead. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're an indie game developer or indie game publisher, losing 226 copies of your game could, could be a death sentence. Like a lot of these game companies like you know, work on shoestring budgets and try to get like as much money from the initial release as possible and then see if they can do a marketing campaign on whatever little profits they have. Moral of the story, don't buy shit on G2A. G2A needs to go away. Don't defend them. Don't listen to what they have to say. They're kind of just bad in general. So (laughs) speaking of bad in general, next subject, Mordha developer Triturnian makes a series of mistakes or kind of shows us exactly who they are so triturnian developed the multiplayer first person slasher mordhog where all the characters are default to white males but could be customized further to other ethnicities or genders triturnian then said it would provide for more in-game diversity but for only those who want it which is a kind of a terrible joke or overt racism i don't know um Titanian also made some mistakes during a PC game interview that involved racist and homophobic threads on their forum, stating that, well, those threads were some of the most active and popular threads on the forum, therefore, we didn't want to shut them down. That's it's good to know you're harboring that kind of behavior. Um, Titanian's PR team went to work, stating that all these horrible statements were made by two artists, do not represent blah, 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 their views. We all know how this goes. Anyways... Given all the evidence, uh, there's even more like Taturnian uh, allowing players to just overtly be homophobic or racist or sexist and, you know, kind of all chat in the game. Given all the evidence, I have to rule that this company actually is probably racist and misogynistic and Mordhaus should be probably avoided by everyone. All right. A bit of more positive story. Epic Games will provide full refunds. For Shinmu 3 backers that don't want Epic Games store keys. So, an interesting turn of events. 
Shinmu 3 ran a Kickstarter campaign that promised backers game keys for either PS4 or on PC via Steam. Epic Games then signed YSNet and Deep Silver, developers of Shinmu 3, to an exclusivity deal for one year, where Shinmu 3 will only be available on PC through the Epic Games digital store. Epic Games is pulling pretty much a good guy move and promising refunds for anyone that doesn't want to download Epic Games Store or doesn't want to wait the one year for the exclusivity deal to be up and plans to kind of do this process for future Kickstarters where they sign the Kickstarter game to an exclusivity deal. And you know what? I shit on Epic Games a lot. I shit on this like digital store, but I've come around. I've talked to a lot of people on it and frankly... I've like 180 completely on my position before, and I say competition is good for everyone. Epic Games is kind of like acting really fair. The revenue split is amazing, the 12%, 88 and 12 split rather than the 70-30. And kind of consumers, developers, and platform holders all went out on the competition. And I gotta commend Tim Sweeney for seeing Epic Games as like a software company. You know, they're going into everything. They got one of the top two best game engines in the world. They got arguably one of the top digital stores in the world now. They're a game developer that's had massive hits, Fortnite, you know, um, Unreal Tournament. And they're a games publisher. And Epic Games kind of like bringing all these options to the industry. It really shows you kind of what like a talent powerhouse can do if they put their mind to it. So Epic Games, you guys are coming around to me. I made a mistake. I used to shit on you guys. You're good people all around. All right, next up. Speaking of good people, I'm sure these people have everyone's best interests in mind. Tencent, Netties, Perfect World, and 10 other companies in China are leading the charge on a new age rating system for games in China. Of course they are. So the new rating system is ages 6 plus, 12 plus, 16 plus, and 18 plus. Um, and this leads me to ask, what the hell is the difference between 16 plus and 18 plus? Like, what happened in those two years that made a human really be able to handle mature games? <laughs> I think one of the funniest stories of, like, mature rating games is, like, so me and my friends got kicked off of Diablo 2. I think we were probably using, like, you know, a bot to play the game for us or some shit where our keys got banned, right? And I think we were, like, 16 or... I think we were 17 at the time, so we go into... I guess EB Games, uh, maybe it was GameStop, maybe it was still EB Games, and we go to buy new copies of Diablo 2 because we want to play the game. Our old keys were banned, and it's a mature game, and they wouldn't let us buy it because we weren't 18. And I remember just thinking, like, pixelated Diablo 2, I can't buy it because I'm not 18. <laughs> like, how ridiculous is that? So this 16 to 18 age split is just... Like, what does that even mean? What's a 16-plus game and an 18-plus game? Anyways, back to the story. This has the Chinese government kind of written all over it. So the Chinese government first went on the myopia campaign, and then through that forced playtime restrictions related to age where police databases were used to verify people's age, and then the choking of game licenses and therefore game releases domestically. So I expect magically all 10 plus developers that participate in this will you know have their games starting to slowly all get licenses stamped on them so i guess uh you're playing the game tencent netties and perfect world who can blame you all right let's get to some business news so next on the biggest acquisition tease of 2019 uh purchase 
purchases a majority stake in Embark Studios. Nexon has increased its original 33% stake in Embark Studios to 66% via investment injection, not buying existing shares. Nexon will publish Embark's first game. Embark will also become a subsidiary of Nexon Group, and Embark's founder, the former EA EVP of Worldwide Studios, Patrick Soderlund, will remain on the board of Embark Studios. So Embark Studios is currently working on a free-to-play co-op action game, as well as a suite of tools aimed at letting developers with no experience create amazing games. And honestly, it's a weird investment from Nexon, frankly, because one, Embark isn't working on a title that doesn't start with MapleStory or Dungeon Fighter Online, so why the hell would Nexon want anything to do with them? And two... Nexon, I don't know, they've never really seemed to be interested in anything more than publishing. So, you know, I really feel like this whole Embark Studios, when I look at what they're doing, their tool suite is way more interesting than, you know, any game they're going to make. So, I don't know, maybe Nexon, uh, after they had their little sales tease, is looking to, like, expand out, expand out from their two-game stranglehold. Who knows? All right, next up, Helsinki-based Red Hill Games raises $11.4 million. So looking for capital for their first game, Red Hill Games gets an inflow from Makers Fun, Kowloon Knights, and Play Ventures for their upcoming first game, a free-to-play shooter. The shooter has been mentioned as a new, fresh take on tactical shooters that is free-to-play, focused on co-op play, and uses a games-as-a-service model. So seems like we're playing a little uh investor bingo trying to get as much funding as possible you said fresh take on shooters free to play focuses on co-op uses games as a service model yeah i don't know it (laughs) it is what it is whatever all right got two bad stories around out this week i know I, I don't know why I put the bad stories last. It doesn't even make sense. So HQ Trivia lays off 20% of its workforce and pivots to a subscription service. This doesn't even make any fucking sense. It's kind of depressing. So TechCrunch is reporting that HQ Trivia is in serious trouble. Their monthly downloads are down 92%. 92%. Their downloads are down 92% and it's cutting seven of its 35 employees. HQ Trivia is now pivoting to a subscription service called HQ Words, which doesn't even fucking make sense. So for $9.99 a month, you can play whatever the hell HQ Words is. And HQ Words promises to provide more ways to win and bigger prizes, which to me, when I see this shit, it basically sounds like subscription gambling. Like, How's this even legal? You're basically circumventing gambling laws by saying, no, 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 it's not gambling. Um, You pay a subscription fee, and then you get to play five games of blackjack a month. It's not gambling. Uh, So HQ Trivia kind of looking to go down the way of Flappy Bird and draw something for mobile flashes in the pan that couldn't hold interest from users. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I think for games in general, you know, community-driven trivia is a very powerful and interesting game concept, and I honestly didn't think it would, like, even personally, I didn't think I would lose as much interest in HQ Trivia as fast as I did. I won very early on. I think I won, like, $6, uh, and this was back when you had to like, have, like, 20 or $25 to cr- cash out, you know, your winnings. I won $6. I loved it. I played it at work. We played it every day during lunch, like, 
a few of us got in a group and played it. I think every single person in the group won at least one time. It was great, but uh, yeah, like everyone lost interest. I don't even know how long, like a few weeks maybe, like, you know, flash in the pan. So it's kind of sad, um, but you know, let's see, let's see what HQ's words is. I've been wrong before. It could blow us all away. Um, and the last bad news, uh, Endless Entertainment, known for the game series, Your Story Universe, is hit with a few layoffs at both its studios. So it's in Oakland and New York studios. Got hit with layoffs. If you're in those two cities, I guess reach out, you know. There's some talent looking for work. And you know what? That's it for this week in games. Sorry again that it's a Tuesday edition, but I'll be back next week on Sunday on time, and uh, I'll be breaking down all the video game industry news for you. So I'm Eric McConnell. See you guys later.